Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Doctor Strange is pulling positive early reviews. The known roster of Avengers Infinity War grows a little bit, as does the roster for The Punisher, which has a confirmed release year now. Marvel is also promising to make changes for gender equality. Plus, we'll be covering uh, season four, episode five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Lockup. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. We are here to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically episode five of season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But before that, Jeff's got the news. All of it. What, what, you, got, what you got for us, Jeff? Man, there's not much news this week, but with Doctor Strange coming out, everything is focused on him. Yeah, some of our listeners are already watching it overseas. Yeah, because it released yesterday in select markets. Yep. I believe Yoda, Yoda Hugh, Hugh said to uh, is, on, is the jerk on that has seen it before us. Uh, it's just like uh, there's about two weeks a year I really don't like Yoda Hugh. <laughs> Every fifty years, fifty weeks out of the year, I'm I'm very happy. He's uh, the best person the ever. Best. About fifty two, weeks out of the year, two weeks out of the year, I'm just real mad at him. <laughs> just like I hate you so much. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so. Like uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, Doctor Strange is pulling positive early reviews. Uh, right now, it has a ninety eight percent on forty four reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it is a. I think it's important to note though, with those with that ninety eight percent, like if you if you drill down to the actual reviews and look at what each one gave it, it's it's pulling about three and a half to four stars out of five, like three three to four generally. Um, ranging higher on it. So cool. it seems like, like each one of those is counted as a positive review. And they're, they're saying to me that it's generally pretty good. Not right, great, right, right. just pretty good. Um, and a lot of the reviews that I've read so far are, are citing like the visual effects are stunning. They're incredible. And, you know, we expect them to be, especially with it being a Doctor Strange film, especially a film <laughs> nowadays, like the, the effects are there. The money yeah. is there. Nathaniel Muzzy said on uh, Facebook, Doctor Strange review drinking game. Take a drink every time a reviewer says weird, trip, or kaleidoscope. Oh, God. <laughs> Smashed. Yeah, it just seems like uh, seems like it's a little weirder than, than the other ones, which I'm excited about. I'm excited that they went for a different tone. Yeah. And just a different different aesthetic in general. The uh, the reviews can like most of them will continue on saying like the you know after the visual effects are stunning the the story is kind of a run of the mill origin story and the characters are great except for the villain <laughs> again who is relatively thin with a weird like a, a weird idea of how mm. he wants to accomplish his goal. Okay. The uh, uh, Yoda Hugh. Uh, this this has a slight spoiler. So if you're sensitive to spoilers about Doctor Strange, how if there's a post credit sequence or not? If that if you consider that a spoiler, skip ahead thirty seconds. I do not. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, he's understood said, at this point. Marvel's going to have right. a post credit scene. He said Doctor Strange was awesome. Mid mid credit sequence is is good too. Just waiting to see the post credit sequence, which I guess he was sitting in the theater when he texted us that. And then he said, yep, two scenes at the end uh, was very enjoyable film, funny and action packed. So just uh, that's a, that's a good public service announcement. There are two scenes in the post credits or mid credits and a post credits. Yeah. Which they've been doing lately, but you know, some people might see that mid credits and get up and go, but there is I a don't post credits as well. Like I don't either. Since Iron Man 2008, it has yep. been understood. You sit your ass in your seat until the freaking the the local ads come back on yeah know? my uh i have i do that for almost all movies now just because marvel has trained me right so <laughs> like, i know that this is i've wasted a lot of time sitting in theaters staring at, <laughs> this staring is at a re-airing of hope floats but i really <laughs> desperately have to sit in this seat <laughs> okay um 
So with that, uh, an interesting thing to, to, to bring up that I've seen on the web is that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch played two roles <coughs> in Doctor Strange. He did, obviously, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, whatever. Right. But he also did the mocap for the, I guess, the human apparition of Dormammu. Interesting. The leader of the Dark Dimension. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. The article that I was reading about that, um, you know, it it kind of, it, it cites Derrickson, Scott Derrickson, the director, as saying, like, why in the Dark Dimension would this guy, who's the leader of it, who's, you know, kind of the just all-round, all-powerful conqueror of this, of this dimension, why would he travel in it uh, in a human form? Obviously not. He's appearing to Strange as, you know, a form that Strange would understand. And that's all he has is what is, is Strange. So it would make sense that he would mirror him, but be the exaggeration of all of that ego. I'm all like, right. That's a really interesting idea. Cool. For a supernatural bad guy. I don't know anything about this movie yet. And so all that I'm sounds... I'm so stoked. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm, trying, I'm steering clear of... of all the you always now. try to steer clear yeah, of all of the because the spoilers. last week Marvel's fucks things up. <laughs> they they well here's so I've decided my 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 thing on trailers now. I definitely watch teaser trailers, and yeah. a lot of times I'll watch the first full trailer. After that, I like to kind of stay out. Maybe two trailers, but like that that last week, Marvel gives stuff away. I'm yeah. not happy with their marketing, <laughs> like because like, I especially you know knowing. Where things are going, we all know it's aiming toward Thanos. We all know there's the possibility of the... You know, anyone who listens to this show knows a lot more about what might happen in Doctor Strange than uh, the average person. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's easy when I see certain images. Even if it's just like a quick image, it like puts in my head, oh, so you start to put those images in order. Yeah. And then you start going, oh, this has to happen before that. Yeah. And then you start, you start kind of piecing the whole movie together. And if they have certain, some things they add in that last couple weeks of uh, marketing sometimes just ruin the movie. And I, well, I mean, don't like it. It's not like they're adding Doomsday. What? <laughs> Because that's what screwed up the Batman vs Superman. You had to go trailer. there. See, sometimes you make Batman vs Superman jokes, and it's appropriate. <laughs> sometimes you this really is... have to stretch. Yeah, you really have to just like stretch well, to annoy the see, DC fans. No, no, all this was was just like, well, they're doing better than DC. No, and no, that's that's me. No, they they're not. They uh they tend to in their trailers. I'm not saying their, their trailers are better, but their trailers are bad about spoilers. Oh yeah, Marvel is terrible about spoilers, and and they give you whole scenes the weeks leading up. And I don't like to see all that. Yeah, they're like, here's a clip, here's one of six clips. I'm like, like you're playing me two and a half minutes, six. T- like that's a solid chunk of the movie. Yeah, for sure. And then you get in the movie theater and you almost check out for those scenes because you're like, oh, I've seen this. Yeah. And I don't like checking out. I like being engaged for the full two hours. Well, on those scenes, I have a tendency to be like, okay, what's in this scene that I didn't see before? Yeah. Because I've already watched this 500 times on YouTube. Yeah. See, I like to, I like to see I'm it all fresh. Fan. I like to see it fresh. Nah, man. I'm that fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, along with Doctor Strange, who we know is going to be in Infinity War, right? We we absolutely know. I don't know that we had that no, confirmed. it's been but all we... kinds of confirmed. Oh, has it? Okay, great. I mean, not like, yes, Doctor Strange will be in Infinity War, but... Benedict Cumberbatch said in an interview recently, oh yeah, like when he first saw Doctor Strange um, on, you know, on screen at the premiere, like that was the first time he'd actually seen it. Uh, he was like, he he saw at the end of it, he was just like, oh yeah, this guy is, this guy's a superhero, right? Like that makes sense. He's going to be, in, he's going to be with the Avengers. Like he's going to be an Avenger. That's so cool. Like that just confirms that. But then also Benedict Wong uh, who plays the part of Wong, uh, is he confirmed also that he will be in Avengers Infinity War. Cool. Which just, you know, kind of fleshes out that whole, the whole cast of it. And it's cool that Wong is going to be in it. I don't know, other than like a a, a part where 
they go to see Doctor Strange and, you know, they're hanging out doing whatever they do, all the mystical stuff, to be like, hey, man, can you come help, please? We've got this thing going on. And then, you know, Wong is also there. And then Wong's just like, I'll go too. Like, that's the only time I can see that being, like, a realistic reason for him to be there. Right, right. Rather than, like, let me gather all He's of the sorcerers so that we can fight Thanos. Probably there as a sidekick to Doctor Strange, basically. I don't, I don't want to say that, though, because he's not... He's he's the he's the best bud and helper. Sure, sidekick. No, <laughs> he's not Robin. <laughs> but there there may be uh, there may be some time to see him in Thor Ragnarok because you remember there was that set photo where Chris Hemsworth was holding the um, the card with the address for the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is going to be wrapping filming here soon, or at least for the uh, the principal characters, the chief two characters yeah, that's awesome. of Hemsworth and Hiddleston in two days. So basically immediately after that, um, they start to work on post and all of the uh, all the flashy stuff and, and effects and whatnot. So come, you know, a couple of months, we should be starting to see the first trailer, the first teaser or so of uh, Thor Ragnarok. So that pretty much wraps, I mean, that wraps filming for all of the movies that will be coming out in 2017, which is going to be Guardians in May. Yep. And Spider-Man in July. Crazy. And then Thor Ragnarok in November. Like, awesome. It's a big year coming up. Yep. It is a really big year. Very you know so. what else happens next year? What happens? The Punisher. Oh, yeah. It is has been confirmed for a release in 2017. Wait, so what do we have releasing in 2017 now? Well, we've got Iron Fist. Iron Fist, and we knew that. That's coming in March. Defenders? They haven't confirmed that. Okay, so it's looking like... It's been understood that that's likely what's going to happen later in the year. Okay, so it's looking like possible we'll get a Punisher before we get a Defenders. I don't know. I mean, they haven't started filming on the Defenders. Okay. As far as I know. Hmm. Oh, no, they're about to start. They're... Right, we did get that picture. We got a picture uh, That's right. from one of our listeners, Mr. Thomas Brendan, our our listener in the field, man yep. in the field in New York. Uh, he sent us a picture of a a filming notice of like a "Don't Park Here" kind of notice because they're filming for the project Group Therapy, which we mentioned on a previous podcast episode is the filming name or the working title for the Defender series. So they're starting filming it soon. Yeah. Or or they, yeah, it seems like they might already be filming some stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. So we might get, we might get the Defenders mid-year and then the Punisher later. Or they might say the Punisher now and then the Defenders in the March slot. I know we're not talking Luke Cage right now, but I just got to say Luke Cage really was amazing it just populated that city so well i just i really cared about every character even the bad ones like i really was invested in every character's arc yeah and just the world felt so real it felt like those comic books really being brought to life you know yeah they were it was great really great um so if you haven't uh been listening to those casts because you haven't been watching it watch luke cage everybody watch it it's on Netflix. Go, go now. Go forth, watch Luke Cage. <laughs> it's real rad. So, <clears throat> it's I mean it's still up in the air as to what's coming first, but we know that the Punisher has been confirmed for 2017. So, um that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um also the uh, the cast of the Punisher has grown by 5 people according to this article. Wow. Um marvel.com released that Daniel Weber Jason R. Moore, Paul Schultz, Jamie Ray Newman, and Michael Nathanson will be joining the cast. Huh, some of those names sound familiar. I can't say where everybody's from. I don't I don't I haven't seen all of these things. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all good. Pulling them up to see if I But uh Daniel Weber's been cast as Lewis Alcott or I'm sorry, Lewis Walcott. A quote: A young veteran who has had a difficult time reassimilating into civilian society. End quote. Which, as we all know, the Punisher is very much involved in that, having been ex-military himself. Uh, Jason R. Moore 
will portray Curtis Hoyle, who is a friend of Frank Castle and one of the few people who knows he's alive. Hmm. More people from his past. More people from his past. Um, so we're definitely going to get to see a lot of that backstory as far as uh, his his unit, I would think. You know, with the with the blacksmith from season two. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think we're gonna he's gonna really track down uh those responsible, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we're gonna really find out we're gonna find out more about more about his his whole his family's death. Well, I wasn't even thinking about his family's death, but like his his deployment unit Right out in you know, in the war way back when. Yeah, it seems like that had to, I don't know. I, I, that was one part of Daredevil season two. I was a little disappointed in. It seemed a little tacked on that uh, the blacksmith ended up being who it ended up being. Yeah. Uh, but I almost feel like that has to have some connection to his family's death. But uh, maybe you're wrong. It could be. It could. Um, the next guy, Paul Schultz, who was a nurse, Jackie. Um, he's going to play Rollins, who is a high-ranking member of the CIA, whose operations in Afghanistan intersect with Frank Castle. So, I don't know. It's it's like they're they're drudging up his all of his past, all of it, not just his family's death. Hmm. Um, let's see. Jamie Ray Newman uh, is set to play Sarah Lieberman, who is Micro's wife. Uh, Micro is uh, David Daisy's Lieberman. friend. David Lieberman. Yes, Daisy's friend. <laughs> we just call him Daisy's friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's Micro's wife, whose marriage has made her life far more complicated, just from the uh, from the Marvel release. And the last one seems reasonable. <laughs> yep, yep. Michael Nathanson uh, has been cast as Sam Stein, a Homeland agent who is challenged by his partnership with Dinah, played by Amber Rose Riva. Hmm. Cool, cool. It's just it's they're they're populating his world too, and it's. Not or well, I would think rather it's not all going to be stuck in in uh, in New York. No, it seems like they they might be roving around or or at least exploring his past, which happened overseas and such. Yeah, yeah, and that's coming out next year. God, that is so soon for that. Jesus, yep, that is really soon. That's awesome. And then what the year after in 2018, we've got. Uh, well, we've got a Marvel, or well, an Avengers movie mm-hmm. starting off, Infinity War, and then yep. Ant Man and the Wasp spread after that. That's right, and then Captain Marvel. Crazy, I think. No, I don't even know. Is it Black Panther? Is Black Panther next? Who got another uh, person added to their cast? But then Captain Marvel comes out after that, and Captain Marvel, apparently, according to Kevin Feige, is going to be the strongest hero in the MCU. When she debuts. So awesome. So exciting. Cool. I think that um, that helps with that gender equality that they were, they were talking about. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, Feige's, one female can beat up all the men. Yeah, right. Helps Feige, with uh, Feige specifically said that um, it's very important to us that all our heroes do not become silhouette perfect cutout icons. All of the Marvel characters have flaws to them. All of them have a deep humanity to them. With Captain Marvel, she is as powerful a character as we've ever put into a movie. Her powers are off the charts, and when she's introduced, she will be by far the strongest character we've ever had. It's important, then, to counterbalance that with someone who feels real. She needs to have a humanity to tap into, and Brie can do that. Talking about Brie Larson, who will be playing Carol Danvers. Nice. Just really excited for that. And so to uh, to kind of continue that that track of 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 more women being involved the the gender equality bit uh as far as Hollywood and especially superhero films are concerned or superhero um properties uh Jessica Jones season 2 which I mean this is absolutely reasonable I don't know why they feel that they had to announce it Jessica Jones season 2 is going to be entirely directed all 13 episodes uh, will be directed by women. And this is coming from the executive producer, Melissa Rosenberg. Cool. Uh, she said that at her Transform Hollywood panel. And um, I guess this all kind of kind of circles around the, uh, the VP, Victoria Alonso, speaking at the Women in Technology luncheon, uh, saying that they're, they're pushing to change gender inequality. 
That's great. And, that, and you know, that needs to happen. Um, like, <laughs> me and a buddy always have long conversations about this. Like, it's a, it's a weird thing. You want to, um, you always want to pick the best person for the job. Right. But the problem is, for years and years, women have been disenfranchised in the industry. So, uh, and minorities as well, um, have been disenfranchised. So you really have to like, there's just more experience with white males have more experience. So it's like, but to eventually to make that change happen, you've got to give work to people who can do, who can do the work well, but who also are of, uh, you know, females and minorities. So it's cool. It's cool that they're doing that. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have the, the people with the right perspectives to give your story, the humanity it needs. Yeah. And Jessica Jones is, you know, you want to be able to relate to female viewers for sure. Yeah. So you need a director that's, or several, I guess, that are, that are able to, to really identify with that, with that actor and bring out the best in them. So like, I'm really excited to see like pushing forward the, the equality, I guess, bringing about the right story and bringing about better stories because they're already so good. Yeah. And bringing more people in of varying backgrounds can only be, you know, make things better. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of um, speaking of gender equality, uh, I don't think I don't know that she necessarily meant to uh, talk about gender equality, but Ruby Belson sent us some feedback about uh, two female superheroes that she feels we we kind of neglected in our Civil War sp- talk. Which this has some spoilers for Civil War in it. If you haven't seen Civil War any, uh, what are you doing until here? now, what are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> what are you doing? So this will may have some Civil War. To, we're going to talk Civil War for a minute. So. Just yeah, so you, a bit just, of a wall of text here, but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna address it because it's what we do. We address all points, <laughs> all of them, every single one. Uh, of them. Not all, but I mean, you know, every one of we, them we, ever. We do a lot of feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ruby said to us on Facebook, "Hi, I'm a new listener to your amazing podcast. I really like that part, by the way. Yeah, uh, she's double very, very nice, mark. very nice person. Thank yeah, you, Ruby. It's a, she obviously has really great taste." <laughs> said, do people message you privately? Is that a thing? Well, yes, it is. That is very much the thing. People do that. Yeah. You, you can send us messages did. on Facebook. You literally just did, and we're reading it now. So here's the thing. Anyway, I just finished your Captain America Civil War Reviews episode, and oh my God, so great. I was enthralled the whole listen. Double exclamation mark. I think you're both super awesome dudes with great opinions and great information to dish out. <laughs> you may, you're laying it on too thick. Yeah, I think I think at this point she's she's overly complimenting us because now she's going to say something negative. Yeah, that's what it. She feels like she's buttering us up. To yeah, just be like, but she's buttering us up. Quit buttering me up, Ruby. But I do have one thing to say. <laughs> and get ready, this is going to be a doozy. Dot dot dot. A doozy. A doozy. I've been buttered up for a doozy. Oh no. During the episode, you didn't talk much about Black Widow and Scarlet Witch, and I would love to hear your opinions about them. Both women are so important to the Avengers and add very interesting dynamics to the team during Civil War. Steve and Tony's respective relationships with Black Widow in the movie are very different. Steve is positive he respects Black Widow's decision to sign the Sokovia Accords, and neither character pushes the other to believe in their side. Tony is negative. He lashes out at her when she helps... Um, yeah, when she helps Steve and Bucky escape the airport, causing the two of them to have dispute. You discuss Tony being the antagonist of the movie, and I think this situation slightly proves that, albeit symbolically more than anything. Huh. That's a good point. <clears throat> it is a fair point. Yeah, and, we, we talked a lot about where he's not really a bad guy, he's just doing what he thinks is right, but truth be told, he is kind of being a dick. He, yeah, uh, especially to her, especially, especially to Black, to Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. And I mean, well, he he's just real snarky at her in in that hallway yeah. scene where she's like, um, she he knows she helped, and he's like, well, you know, whatever. General Ross maybe by to see you or something like that. He says oh, something yeah. like when, that. When when she's like, yeah, we played this wrong, and he's like, you can't help but be a double agent, can you? Oh yeah. Like that's just no man. That's she's got this shifting opinion because that's what people are that she's evaluating the situation at all times. Like you should be doing Tony, yeah. you dick. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he learns this lesson by the end. Um, I feel like we didn't touch much on, um, I think she goes on to talk about Scarlet witch a little bit. Yeah. But, she says, yeah. and Scarlet witch. <laughs> 
I believe she is the most influential character in Civil War as the accidental misuse of her powers resulting in hurting and killing many people in Lagos is basically the pushing point to the Sokovia Accords. Her powers in the first 10 minutes start the entire ball rolling. We see her feel incredibly guilty at the beginning of the movie, and I think she felt obligated to be on Tony's side at first because of that. What do you think? Why do you think... Yeah, why do you think she went to Steve's side after her talk with Hawkeye? All caps. Also, I cannot wait for her and Vision to bang. (laughs) You know... I can't either. (laughs) I don't think we're going to get to see that on screen, like a la Jessica Jones style, but... uh, (laughs) We should get a Netflix show of Scarlet and the Vision. Vision. (laughs) Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Scarlet Witch and Vision. I keep on calling the Vision. I mean, that's kind of what his name was for a little bit isn't it just vision it's vision the vision my vision of the world okay if you're ultron (laughs) so yeah scarlet witch is a bit of a big deal um she is this is we did talk about this some on our on our civil war cast here's how i felt about her treatment in the movie even though yes she is the inciting incident of the movie she is arguably the most powerful avenger yeah, she's she's so undefined At this and like joint. still discovering her powers, quote yeah. unquote. I don't think they know what to do with her yet. So she's kind of underutilized. She's locked in her room for like 75% of the movie. And then when she's let out, Vision, who is also incredibly powerful, is just straight up smacked down by her. And through I mean, the, through several layers of floor. Yes, it, that was it was it was crazy. Um she is incredibly powerful. And so powerful that in the even in the fight scenes, I feel like if she wanted to, she could grab them all and just push them. You know, like just yeah, ra- just like wrap grab them the entire ball. team and be like, "All right, you are now an Avengers ball." Yeah, yeah, and you're I'm going to bounce you on the concrete. Ball of Avengers, time to dribble. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think they don't know what to do with her because of that. And I think I felt like she was underutilized, even though as as Ruby points out, she's the inciting incident. She is maybe maybe she doesn't want to ball them up like that because she's afraid of hurting them because you know the last time she used her power something awful happened. Yeah, that's true. She caused that's a true. big ruckus. That's a valid point. Um, it just seemed like more like they they kept bringing her in and having her just like throw people to the side. And You're stuff. pulling your punches. She's doing very. I feel like she's pulling her punches. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. She, For sure. She has to. Or else she's sure. just gonna rip Spider Man in half. She doesn't want to kill anyone. So she's I gonna get be it. Like the century. I get it. Um, do you know? Uh, did she sign the accords? Yeah. No. Mm, I don't remember because uh, Ruby says she was on Tony's side in the beginning. Um, I don't know that she was. I think that Tony kind of tricks her back to the house. Like, all right, we're in a bad situation, bad PR. Let's go back to the house, hang out. And I don't think it's until Hawkeye shows up that she realizes she's a prisoner. Yeah. I think she's there hanging out with Vision. You know, he's he's macking on her a little bit, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it's when Hawkeye shows up that she goes, oh, I." he is actually trying to stop me from leaving. He's not just... This well, is not a friendly, like... They're he, trying to treat it like a friendly prison, but it's a prison. He did have that moment uh, whenever she was like, this is not Paprikash. I'm going to go get, you know, I'm going to go get this from the store. I'm going to go get something from the store. I'll be back. And the Vision's like, alternatively, we could order a pizza? And then, like, just stops her, you know, telling her, it's not for your safety that we're keeping you here. It's everyone else's. Right. So, I mean, she kind of has that... She has that idea. She has that idea already, and then it's really driven home when when she has to basically save Hawkeye from the Vision. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, Ruby goes on to say in her last little few lines here, I know Civil War happened months ago, but like I said, I'm a new listener and wanted to give my input while also hoping I hear yours. Thanks, and keep up the incredible work. Oh, thank, thank you, Ruby. We will. <laughs> We'll do our best. Uh, that that um, always. I I think they're both incredible characters. I feel like when we did our review, we focused very much. I feel like the movie focuses, and so we tended to stay there on Steve, Tony, and T'Challa. Yeah, Steve, Tony, to me, and Bucky. To me, they're the three. Well, yeah, Bucky. I almost feel like Bucky isn't as much. I feel like Bucky. He's the MacGuffin. He is the MacGuffin. <laughs> um, he he is u- utilized. I feel like he is emotionally utilized about as much as all the other characters. Like the the movie is about the decisions of Steve, Tony, and T'Challa. 
Yeah. And, and, and everyone else kind of falls in line around them. And they all have their own reasons for doing so. And everyone gets a moment, but most people in the movie only get a moment, you know? Yeah. Whereas those three get like large swaths of the movie that are their, you know, their yeah. story. It, it seems like they, they try to play um, Natasha as Steve's kind of, um, kind of like his conscience of like, you know, you're doing this is going to hurt a lot of people, especially our team. But you know, you got to do what you got to do. And then she finally comes around after it. Like, Oh God, we're, what have we become basically? So she's kind of the conscience and, and guiding light as far as the, the team goes. And like, that's really crazy that somebody who has such a bad red ledger past right. as her is the, the voice of reason for everybody. Yeah. She's, she's such a, she's such an interesting character because she is. Yeah. She's got such she depth, obviously has a great moral center to her. But she also will do whatever she has to do to make the mission a success, you know? Right. Uh, I need to watch Age of Ultron again. I, I've been meaning to because I really, I feel like I haven't, I've only seen it twice, three times maybe. And it's just. Is that it, all? I think so. I think I've only seen it three times. Oh, well. Like right when it came out. How I really, can you see things coming? I haven't revisited them. What? You didn't see that coming? Didn't see that coming? But the moment where she kicks Banner off of that. She says, I need the other, right now I need the other guy, and kicks Banner, was... She didn't kick him, she just threw him. Okay. That was rough. So rough. Yeah. Man. I adore you. That was, that was Whedon. That was like a moment of Whedon at his best in that movie. Yeah. There's lots of moments in that movie where Whedon wasn't at his best, but that was very much Whedon at his best. I loved Renner um, whenever Quicksilver ran away. While they're you know fighting in the city, and he's just like, oh, man, poor bastard. <laughs> or no, he, he's, he's like holding the boat. He's like, could do it. Nobody would know. <laughs> poor bastard. Last I saw him, Ultron was sitting on him. He will be missed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just I love his little quips. Yeah, he's real funny. I mean, they they really brought Hawkeye around in that movie. Anyway, back to current content, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got a few more uh, feedbackies. Feedbackies. You know, I want to stop calling it feedback, and I, I want to call it other people joining the conversation, because that's what we do. We converse. Right. Well, we it's can, other people joining the conversation. We can have it, call it something else. Yeah. We'll so. Th think think on that. I'm, I'm working on it. All right. Well, let me know if, if, if a listener has an idea of what to call it other than feedback. Graham Noonan on Twitter. Yeah. Joins the conversation saying, Adam, you cast. Dudes, are you alive? What happened to the cast? I feel like we've been back. We have been. We've been at least weekly, uh, and, and we've been dropping Luke Cage when we can. We actually finished, we're, we will finish the last Luke Cage recording tonight, and so those will be out daily from now until they're done. Yes. Um, we did miss those three episodes because of a computer crash, so uh, if, if you hadn't heard, Graham, then, we, had our, we had a bad computer crash. And then... Uh, you know, life and scheduling just kind yeah. of well. Are we, we, we said it. We said it before we Luke Cage ever started that this was an incredibly bad time for us to have to record with daily. Yeah, and I mean, I had the busiest month of my life by far. And I was thinking about it, and we're recording the last one tonight. We're actually only like seven days late on recording the yeah, last. We're Luke just Cage. a week late. Yeah, like this. I mean, when we're talking about doing a daily cast and having computer problems and having such a busy time. We got there as quick as we could, yeah. Uh, but we apologize for missing our. We've done it on the first three Netflix things, but we missed it on this one. We couldn't get it daily. I'm sorry. It was Graham. mostly just racism on our part. What? <laughs> just kidding, because it was the first like black based show, and we're like, we'll do all the other ones daily. This one's going to take us a while. Oh wow! It, was it a took joke. me a second to get there. Was, <laughs> just, like racism against Luke was just not even Wait, in my head. Like. Yeah, it's, it's purely a joke, I promise. Okay. It's so good. You promise? I promise. All right, so Rick Barrett says to us on Twitter, at MCU cast, poor form, boys. Really had to go there with your last podcast, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode four. You're one at MCU cast. I really enjoyed the fact that you remained uh, non-political. Then you have to go and insult 40 million people. What's he talking about? Is he talking I believe about the... Rick is talking about my compare. I think I compared, and I don't know. I, I started to compare, and then I caught myself, 
and I tried to filter it through the writers because I think that's well, the reason I'm making the comparison. Uh, oh, it was the watchdogs. The watchdogs to Trump supporters, and I apologize if I offended anyone. Um, I just I'm making the comparison because I think that is very much what the uh, writers are doing. I think that the writers are trying to make a comparison to the like current political climate. And this watchdog, uh, their fear of the frenzy, fear fear of the Inhumans uh, equates to a to a um, a certain fringe element in the conservative uh, side, like that has a fear of immigrants or whatever, or yeah. or whatever. And I think that I think that's what they're going for. I mean, they're very much like you know talking about interning them and talking about yeah. not allowing them in their country, and you know, at this point, extermination. Like they're. You know, it, it definitely is is along those lines, and so uh, I did not mean to uh, offend anyone, but I just think that's what the writers are going for. It was all Matt's fault, and uh, and and just to be clear about my political opinion, I think this election is fucked. <laughs> um, that's that's how I feel. I think I don't have a favorite. I honestly don't because I think this this election is fucked. Um, so let's stop talking about it. Yeah. So I wasn't. I was not trying to play favorites or make a statement because I think that our political system has fallen completely apart. So uh, hopefully that doesn't offend anyone. <laughs> hopefully we can all agree on that. Oh yeah. Let's come on, guys. Let's <laughs> like, all agree that if these are our best two possible people to be president, like, some what? somewhere along the way something <laughs> has failed. Like the- there are so many amazingly intelligent, smart amazing people out in the world and these are our best two options the negatives are just so high at this point why can't we just throw them back and pick two different ones hey i i really wish we could i think that would i think that we would definitely pick differently if we (laughs) if we had the chance um no i didn't want that it's just so many of of the two candidates no matter how you feel no matter which side you're on and you may be all gung-ho for one of them uh the vast majority of the people, even on their side, have hugely negative feelings about both of them. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just a crazy situation when you can't... I just feel like when you can't... You can't... Why can't... There's so many smart people in the world that so many people would be on board with. Uh, why can't Lin-Manuel Miranda be president? He's popular. I have no idea who that is. He's just the writer of Hamilton. Sorry. Oh, okay. It was a joke. I get you. Um... <laughs> He 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 played a president, and and he understands the. So Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook. (laughs) Anybody who's listened to uh, Hamilton and has listened to the the song um, "One Last Time," that's a great understanding of what it means to be president. Really is. Okay. That it's just so good. Oh man. Okay. I I I'm about to cry thinking about how good that song is. Wow. One last time, Hamilton. Hamilton in general, listen to it. It's it'll change your life, and then you'll listen to it three times a day for like a month, and then you'll cut back to once a day because you'll feel like you've lost your life, and then you'll, uh, <laughs> and then you know, eventually you'll you'll like level out into just it becomes part of the rotation. It never goes away. I'm listening to Hamilton for like a year now, and like really regularly. Wow, okay. and it still makes me weep. Not right. even, not even exaggerating. Weep, my friend. Weep. Lin Manuel for president. Woo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Make Hamilton great again. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, uh, "Punisher and preacher artist Steve Dillon just died. Very sad. That is very very sad. Um, it is. And he was apparently co-creator of Preacher. Died at fifty-four. Yep. Um. Yep. So He's a comic book artist. So it's he, unfortunate. Hey, we take off our hats to uh Moment to, of Silence. I feel like Moment of All Silence right. on a podcast is a little little strange, but we did it. We, uh, I don't so, think we're gonna do that again. Thank you, Steve Dillon, for the uh for the great works. I just watched Preacher season one and I haven't read the books. Uh but I've been told that the show is pretty faithful to the yeah. books. Um and it's just great. It's yeah, just super imaginative. It's been getting really good reviews on that. Uh, have you seen any of it? No. It's great. Really, really great. Yeah. All right. So uh, Russell Matthias first said to us on Facebook, on your most recent episode, when the question came in about the hierarchy, I would figure Mephisto. 
Not that the three guys mentioned belong to the just, same. Just to, just to, it was, it was, someone asked what the hierarchy of these uh, demons, Mephisto, Surtur, and Dormammu. Okay, yeah, just just to remind the listeners, I okay. know, I know we, we talked about it for a while, but yeah. uh, someone asked what the hierarchy of those, uh, I guess, villains are. Yeah, he said on your most recent episode when the question came in about the hierarchy, I would figure Mephisto, not that the three guys mentioned belong to the same, really, existence, so to speak. So none would rule the other. But as far as general power, I feel Mephisto is on top because he's not specific to any one area. Dormammu is in the Dark Dimension and Surtur is specific to an area only of Asgard, if memory serves me right. Uh, Mephisto can sort of visit those areas and Earth and the cosmos, not to mention his power alone, is fairly unstoppable. So I feel he would basically win. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I guess if you're going to for who's more powerful, then that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Simetz Deer said to us on Facebook, guys, where's Luke Cage? I am missing your dailies. Need to know what I missed and need wild speculation. Smiley <laughs> face. We will, uh, well, we're recording the last one tonight. They will all be out daily from now on until we, we finish out the series. So. We still got to do five through seven somehow. Yeah, someday we'll, I'm really hoping that Lost Files will just, uh, will work. I'm waiting. I... Not to get too much into my hard drive failure again, but I, I have a cable on the way from Amazon that will allow me to try to extract those files again, since the store couldn't do it. I believe in you. They they got my terabyte hard drive, they got all of it off, except for two things, and one of those things was the Luke Cage episodes. So, yeah, it's a real bummer. That is a real bummer. Uh, Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, Dr. Strange getting great reviews, running a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm taking a cue from Matt and Jeff and seeing it on opening weekend with my gaming pals. Usually we tend to wait until the crowds die down. I think this one's going to be worth it. You're doing the right thing, Jeffrey James. I really See it in IMAX 3D and see it on opening weekend. It's going to be awesome. I normally don't care about 3D at all, but I think this one's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be worth it because there's so much visual effect involved. Yeah. And they can just be like, you know what? You're immersed in the world. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Immersion now. Bang. Oom. Bang. Oom. Boom. I meant to say boom. I, I missed a B. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you can edit it if you need to. Nope. Bang. Oom. Bang. Oom. We're sticking with it. <laughs> we'll Roll. do it live. Print tape. <laughs> Um, Ship it. All right. Well, guys, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, we are about to go into our spoiler section. So uh, if you have not seen this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is Season 4, Episode 5, uh, Lock Up, then uh, you may want to leave us. But thanks for hanging out if you have to go. Uh, but if not, we're going to go into S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback after this. Um, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you'd like to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or just call us and leave us a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, that's 573-CAST-MCU. If you want to find a great podcast uh, in a similar vein for the DC universe of properties on television and film, check out DC On Screen. Uh, and for other nerd content, check out any of the other giant size team-up network shows. Um, thanks so much. Uh, we're going to go into our spoiler section now in three, two, one. They find the dark hold. They, they do indeed find the dark hold. And assault a prison, which is weird. I feel, yeah, it was, it was, a. I mean, that's pretty much this episode was, uh, so the episode was, um, in case for reminders, in case you're listening to this in the future, um, (laughs) (laughs) in case you're a time traveler. Yeah. In case you're, yeah. Time traveler or whatever. Um, Actually, wouldn't we be time travelers at this point? Uh, I mean, we are making a podcast that will exist in the future, so we're sending time. Is that what you mean? Yeah, we're time travelers. I our mean, voices are time travelers right now. Our voices are being stored and later retrieved. Yes. If you want to call that time traveling. Uh, what else is that? See a, see a, see a doctor. Um, <laughs> so we... Call me so Doc this, Brown! Sorry. <laughs> call me Doc Brown. Um uh, you know how much power it takes to make these episodes? Uh, twenty-one. No, nope. uh, one point twenty-one gigawatts. One point. One point twenty-one gigawatts. Sorry, it, it doesn't take that much. Just the power, love. No, it's a curious thing. 
It makes it one man weak. Makes another man sane. See, you're going with the music from the movie. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, you, I'm going with another power reference from fair. Back to the Future. That was pretty good. <laughs> it's all right. It's just, it's decent. I freaking love. Uh, I just, just love, just love Back to the Future. Yeah, it's one of, one of my favorite movies. One of to, probably top five. All three of them in there. If I'm allowed to clump them all as one movie into my top five, then I would just clump them all as one movie. Okay. Because I think my favorite is actually two. Oh, okay. I just love the convoluted plot. <laughs> it is it is crazy. Yeah, I love that they go to multiple versions of 1985 and jump back and forth from 55 to 2015, and it's yeah. just good stuff. Anyway. Right. So, this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> um, as I was trying to say... Uh, before I was rudely 1.21 gigawatted. Oh man, I just derailed you. I totally did. I, you bring up bring up Back to the Future. I will go off on a tangent anytime. Um, so this this episode, uh, finally, Coulson has asked for the help of Daisy and um, Robbie Reyes, and they go on their first mission together, which is to retrieve Robbie Reyes's uncle. Um, because he's the one that knows about the dark hold. But unfortunately, by the time they arrive, the uh, ghosties are already descending on Robbie's uncle, and so but they don't know where they are. So they're searching this prison, um, and there's all of the guards have been turned crazy eyed, and uh, a lot of the prisoners are hiding <laughs> in their cells. Um, and at the same time, the new director is being uh, interviewed and needs uh, Gemma's help in the interview. And the, the the new director ends up outing himself as an inhuman. I love the new director, by the way. Yeah? I love Jeffrey Mace. Awesome. He's just, he's so, like, the way that all of his line delivery is is just hilarious to me. I cackle every time he talks i like him a lot this this post-credit sequence worries me it does worry me a little what, bit what too. do you think she's going to demand i don't know and also we just the jig is up jim is busted uh, they're all busted for all this secret stuff they're doing yeah um they well, like they're running like a separate shield inside shield which i mean they probably need to be busted if, if we're being honest like they're yeah they should probably so trust against the protocol so against protocol <laughs> So, um, the main thing that I love about him is in his delivery, he's just like, Gemma, I need you to come with me right now. And then has this big serious spiel about, you have to trust me because I'm the boss and I know, I understand why it's tough to trust me. Mm-hmm. So I need your help. If you could just kind of talk in my ear, like he's all serious and he then he just a- goes to like bubbly and bouncy. <laughs> Like, immediately. Yeah, he seems a little unstable at times. He's so great. I like him. I like I him. I love his presence. I still think he's a robot. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well. She said he was lying. Yeah, he was lying about being at. Being changed in Vienna. At Vienna, which is where the bombing happened in Civil War. Oh, is that, that at the UN building? Oh, is that oh, is that what that is? Yeah. That, oh, that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. I was I was a, didn't make that connection. That's rad. So he went through Terragenesis apparently before that at some point. That's what they're saying. And then he was on site for the There's bombing no of the way. UN. Oh my. Okay. Okay. So Gemma sees through Ada like it's nothing. That's an android. Yeah. What if she's doing the same thing to him? I don't think she see. I don't think she thinks he's an android. I don't. I don't think he's, he's a an robot. Android. He's such a robot. <sighs> anyway, I think it's it, to me it's far too interesting for him to be an inhuman, because him outing himself on television when you've got this big uh, portion of the country not in support of the inhumans and they're trying to get Shield to be trusted again. Um, do you think his personality as a hero, uh, as he was in uh, Vienna, like? Do you think that personality overcomes the fear of everyone, um, everyone of the Inhumans? I don't know. I mean, his his favorability was spiking afterward. That's what they said. I found that somewhat weird and un. Uh, yeah, when he was when he just went straight out as I'm an Inhuman. I'm like. 
they already don't trust you. Yeah. Like, that's just going to polarize everybody worse. I, I mean, I guess it was because he was in the room with that senator who was just, like, railing on him. Yeah. But it seems like most of the world likes him, I guess. I guess. Enough to look past the fact he's inhuman and see that maybe inhumans aren't so bad after all. Yeah. I I, I genuinely think that he is claiming to be an inhuman just to get that response, but he's actually a robot. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't, I, 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 if if that's the co- if you make him that call and it's, it's true, it'll be very impressive. But yeah, I think I think he's an inhuman. He's probably just we're gonna get a backstory of him going through Terra Genesis in like the forties or something. <laughs> I I don't know. I think he probably went through it fairly recently. He's probably a new inhuman since the uh, end of season two when they spilled the. Gen- Terragenesis juice, gin and juice on the uh, <laughs> Terra gin and juice, the Terra gin and juice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> into the into the uh, ocean. Oh yeah, man, this you know that's a party foul right there. <laughs> don't spill the Terra gin and juice. <laughs> don't spill the Terra gin and juice. Um, oh man. <laughs> so we've got these two plot lines going at the same time. And yeah, I feel like the prison's the main one. We've kind of ignored it yeah. thus far. Uh, Daisy has got to be a little less suicidal. I mean, she is. She's got to tone it down. Oh, at the end, her body was so bruised. Oh, it was gross. It was real gross. Did she use her powers? I guess she did. No, no, she, she didn't. She just she fought not. Ahoy. Well, she she specifically mentioned like you know before I had my powers I did okay or like I haven't always had powers and before that I did all right. Yeah, like she didn't mention like. I was a shield agent and was like whooping ass before I had these powers. She's man, I it was a really good fight scene this week. Still doesn't beat that one in the kitchen or like in that one base where she like goes in oh, by yeah, herself. The, the long the hallway shot yeah. in season two. Yeah, that was amazing. Where she was saving Lincoln. I think that was must have been season three then. No, it was season two because she was saving Lincoln and uh, Mike Peterson. Okay, from the Hydra base, the one in the Arctic. Before it came out, uh, the week or so before Age of Ultron. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was a rad. That was a rad episode. It really was. Uh, and this rad this, shot. this episode was awesome. The, the fight sequence was really really good. Um, it's, it's hard to beat one, those long oneers though. Yeah, it's also the one that Sunil Bakshi died in. Mm. I watched it recently. Gotcha. <laughs> nice. The lady's been mm. catching up. No, nice, cool. Yeah. One of these days we're gonna watch together, <laughs> and we'll ooh and ah that all of it. I anyway. never, I never get to watch the show with my girlfriend because I always have to watch it for the the podcast, and she just never has a time before the podcast. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I gotta watch it without you. Bye. Ha! So we get we get a, a big conflict on Robbie Reyes. Like, within and yeah, from without. Yeah, he makes a mistake. Uh, so, yeah, we had a piece of feedback that kind of relates to this. I think it's a voicemail. Let's, uh, let's listen to that and Oh, check somebody's joining the conversation through voicemail? Yeah, that's what I meant. Hey, Matt and Jeff. Loving the show. Uh, that's too bad about Luke Cage lost episodes. Uh, hopefully those get back. Uh, I was thinking when I saw this last episode about Ghost Rider, uh, the first episode... Robbie Reyes was saying something to Daisy about he doesn't decide who to kill. The demon inside him does. But then, in this recent episode, it seems like he was saying to Coulson, um, I only kill the bad ones, as if he is the one who chooses. So I'm not really sure which one is it. Does the demon decide who to kill, or does he decide that? Anyway, um, looking forward to more podcasts, and peace out. Definitely a fair point. Uh, he, he makes, he definitely seems to have some control because, for one thing, he doesn't kill um, James last week. Yeah. He, yeah. he chose not to kill James, even though James definitely had blood on his hands. Oh, yeah. Um, and this week... He chooses to kill a guy, even though it's probably the worst thing to do. I th- I think the the deal is, the way I took it, and I may be wrong, that the Ghost Rider vi- Demon of Vengeance or whatever, Spirit of Vengeance, will only kill 
those who deserve it. Like he'll 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 only come out and turn all fiery and kill those who deserve it. Yeah. And Robbie Reyes has some ability to contain that, but if he like kind of lets loose the leash of the of the spirit of vengeance, the spirit of vengeance is actually the one who kind of says yay or nay. But I don't know. That's that was just the way I took it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, because he did say, you know, I'm not the one who chooses. But yeah. it seemed like he he had a very big part because, like, this week particularly, because I think this, this voicemail this voicemail was left last week uh, for la- talking about last week's episode. Yeah, but, the, it's, but it's, it's even this, more appropriate this week. Yeah, in this episode, he he sees that that guy from the Fifth Street Locos, right? And um, you know, he's the last one left alive. And in the incident that they're talking about, where obvi- like it's completely obvious that. The incident that they're talking about of, of a drive-by on a couple of kids was him and his brother. Yeah, and one will never walk again. And one of them will never walk again. That's obviously his brother Gabe. But this guy was in prison at the time, had no part in like that job coming down. Right. Was just the last person left alive in the gang. But he deserved to die. I mean, yes, he is a criminal, but he's also saying how he's reformed. And you know he's not he's not a brawler because that's for the young pups and he's just sitting there reading and hmm. was on the fast track to to getting out soon because of you know being reformed and and uh, good behavior and all that. So like, at what point does it turn from being like he deserves it to oh he's reformed he's okay we can let it, him out? Yeah, it does. The spirit of vengeance allow for forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's just like once you have blood on your hands, that's it. Watch it; the spirit of vengeance will get you. He gonna get you. He's like the Punisher. He's just gonna keep coming. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That's that's definitely they definitely put a lot of things in there to make you uh, feel like that was a bad call, especially once his uncle has been taken at the end. Yeah, by the ghosty, by the ghosty, who holds her hand up in a in a karate chop motion to tell the guy that he better walk or yeah. she'll drive him crazy. No, it's still pretty funny. It's like her gun is just the ability to drive him crazy with a karate chop. Yeah. I will say that, um, that shot to the, to the brainstem thing is, uh, that's a crazy thing to have to endure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if I could do that, man. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why, uh, Mac is a badass. Dude, Mac kept such great control when he got when he got um ghosted. Yeah. Or whatever. For sure. Cause he he was like, unless your face is turning all what was it? Um <laughs> I forget what he says. He he mentioned a horror movie. Like, unless your face is turning all crazy like that horror movie that I wanted to mention, then I'd say I got I'm infected. And then he's just like, Hold on a minute, I gotta do this. I'm like, Good lord. Lord, yeah, that did, that did not look fun. Not Mm-mm. at all. No, thank you. Although, Mac going crazy from, you know, from being ghosted like that would be... Frightening. Frightening. Oh, yeah. That's a big dude. Shotgun axe-wielding muscle man. Yeah. Frightening dude. That's, Frightening dude. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Like, it was bad enough having May be the person. Mm-mm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's get everybody else in on this conversation, right? So Yodi yeah. says to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, another great episode of Hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Reyes with the chain. I think this was also from last week, but it also applies to this no. week. Yeah, that was, um, I, I think it was this week that he said that. Anyway, he picks up the chain and he wraps it around the ghost, around the waist. That was awesome. And burns him. Yeah. And it's so cool. He's now killed three of the four ghosts that we know of, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's just that one last lady, and she does have the dark hold. So she does. It's well, not looking good. We're in episode five already. Yeah. yeah, but she's got someone to help her. She does have someone to help. And her. we still don't I know what if it to deal up with in that. Spanish for him. Uh, yeah, probably. I get it. If that's his first language, I didn't pause it. That's an interesting thing for for the dark hold to do. That was really cool. You know where they found it? Um, did you look at anything in the background? Uh no. There was a uh, there was a circus poster of the circus 
that Johnny Blaze was born and raised in. Oh, really? Yes. Johnny oh, Blaze, the first fun. Ghost Rider. There was also a motorcycle helmet, a motorcycle, and then like some other random crap that oh, Johnny Blaze wow. would have had. That's awesome. That's right? a fun. That's a really funny strag. And um, good catch. Yeah, and apparently the Darkhold was in the possession of the person who killed the last guy that had it. So, what if it was in possession of Johnny Blaze? And Johnny Blaze had killed a bad guy who had it and then buried it. Yeah. That's very possible. Oh, man. What if then, after, say, like, this happens in this episode where this guy who doesn't necessarily deserve it, who probably deserves forgiveness, was killed by the spirit of vengeance. What if Johnny Blaze shows up and is just like, listen, kid, you can't just go doing this. Like, what What if we get two Ghost Riders? Or what if the spirit of vengeance within him uh what if his uncle kind of turns bad and the spirit of vengeance within him wants to kill his uncle i don't know if i can handle that that would be rough it's like too much. the two sides of himself pull being pulled apart oh man that's scary yeah because then you got to make that decision Ugh. are you going to be a spirit spirit of vengeance or not yeah you going to do it or does he have a choice and, that, and that's kind of the question we don't know What's what is his free will and what's the 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 spirit taking over? Well, apparently next episode we're gonna get his origins, his fiery oh, origins. Cool. So I I hope we'll find out on episode six. That's awesome. <clears throat> so Dre Thompson said to us on Facebook, Agents of Shield season four, episode five, that cafeteria fight was amazing. The overhead shots were great. I literally lolled after Ghost Rider killed that dude and everybody ran back to their cells. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah. I guess he can be a CEO once this is over. Oh, and Simmons is a boss. Yeah, Simmons is a boss. I'm kind of worried, though. Like, what does she mean by, you know, Jeffrey Mace wasn't there and he's a liar and all that? Like, what? What is he like? What's his Did secret? they fabricate all of that? Like, what is what? What is he actually that has See, that thing? Superhuman she, strength. Apparently, you could tell by micro expressions. So I don't know these robots. Cause I don't know that robots would have micro expressions. What if she's basing it on the fact that he doesn't have micro expressions? Well, yeah, but the reason she knows she's lying, she said, was because of micro expressions. Hmm. Maybe. It's a possibility. Maybe. Anyway. <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, just heard your latest podcast. Good show. Sentinels would be weird in the MCU since they're already a thing in the Fox Marvel universe. Unless they're bringing in mutants like Legion. Yeah. Um, Marvel. Uh, it was Fox weird. at Marvel. Definitely would be weird. Fox at Marvel has uh, is going to have mutants on TV. Yeah. Soon. It's a Marvel Studios or Marvel Studios television. Yeah. I, uh, I'm very... Thing. With them doing Old Man Logan and Marvel Studios working with Fox on a Legion television show, it feels like we're closer and closer to a possible deal yeah. to get the X-Men back yeah. into the universe. I don't know how they do it pro- appropriately because I think we do have all this alternate dimension stuff too. Dave, me and Dave, uh, Dave Robertson from the DC on screen podcast. were talking about it last night and he was pointing out all these, all these, you know, similarities and why, uh, all, all these little coincidences that seem like it's possible. It's possible. We might get mutants back in the MCU. Like what if the fantastic four bring them with them? Yeah. If we get a dimension shift happen, we get a, like whatever the Marvel equivalent of a flashpoint is. <laughs> yeah. That could, I mean, I could see that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, it's been an awesome talking to you this evening. We'll be back tomorrow with another Luke Cage episode, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, be. uh, after that, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, all the way until we're done. So we'll, and then we'll be back with you again next week for agents of shield. It's been great, but it's great to be back. It's great to be back. We're back in rhythm. We've got a computer that is working better than the old computer did. Editing is so much faster. I love it. <laughs> Good. So much better. Good. My life has significantly improved. Oh, Pod, so... My podcast life. Should we... Let's watch the, let's watch the trailer for the next Yeah, episode. let's do it. Let's watch the trailer for next week and discuss. <laughs>
looks like we're are getting a uh, a good uh, origin story for Ghost Rider. I'm kind of excited. They didn't give a whole lot away, though. No, like, they didn't give anything away. We know that really... Gabe is going to see it. Cause see the ghost? See the Ghost Rider. Yeah. Come out. Uh, we saw that flash of light against Gabe's face. There was Daisy telling him not to look. And then there was like there was a fiery car upside down. So it looks like... I mean, he was either involved... Well, there was, there was shooting. So I guess was it that car... Got shot up and then flipped over, and then Gabe was, Gabe was it was injured and couldn't see what was going on. Yeah, so I, I couldn't tell if that Ghost was from happened or something now or that's all part of the the the, the back the the background or whatever. I don't know, man. So that does not tell us much, but it looks exciting. It does look exciting. And there's a lot more Ghost Rider effect to happen. <laughs> right. That's so much Ghost Rider. This they've done a great job with Ghost Rider. Looks good. He looks so cool, especially like. When he's walking and the flames are like, they 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 kind of waft back from right. the, the force of the wind and the walking. Just the effects there are just on point. He looked badass when he walked out of the the prison cell, just like stepped through the flames. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, oh I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Me too, man. Me I'm too. All excited. Very cool. All right, my friends. So yeah, we're done. We're done. We Let's are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We'll be back with you next. Uh, Probably tomorrow with some more Luke Cage. Until next time, true believers. (laughs) 